Cormir, the Forest Kingdom, the land of the Purple Dragon. A proud nation in the heart of Faerun, led from its inception by the noble House Obiskir, Cormir has stood as a beacon of nobility, chivalry and honour for centuries. It is here that we follow the exploits of a small band of adventurers who are all registered to Warhounds Limited, a mercenary guild just outside of the bustling metropolitan trade city of Arabel in the northern plains of Cormier. Registered by royal decree to Aradel Ivana Halen II, Warhounds Limited started off as a small-time adventurers guild, making just enough to keep the lanterns burning but never being able to rise above their competition. This would soon change after the recruitment of three new guild members. A forest gnome monk named Nix Badger Ningle from the elven treetops of Semberholm to the east. Katja Donahue, an adolescent bard with a Suzalan accent and a faithful mastiff at her side. And a peculiar tattooed druid named Chiron who claimed to hail from the King's Forest. These three were taken under the wings of two established guild members, Hiram Cath Silversword, a half-orc noble, illegitimate son of Gareth Silversword and protector of his young squire, Emily, and Magnus Cobbleson, a disillusioned ex-war wizard who had traded in war for mercenary work. Our story began on Victory Day, celebrating 10 years since Cormir along with their elven allies of Cormanthir, defeated the armies of the nefarious Netherese Empire to the north and their Sembian vassals to the east. The citizens of Arabel were overjoyed at the arrival of Queen Raedra Obiskir to personally observe the celebrations, but joy soon turned to horror as two Sun Elves attempted to assassinate the Queen. Whilst Raedra survived the attack, many others were not as lucky some of the would-be assassins, calling themselves the Revenants, were apprehended by the Warhounds. During the interrogation of these Sun Elves, the Revenants revealed they were led by a figure known as the Blade of Vengeance. In the aftermath of the attack, the adventuring and mercenary guilds of Arabel, along with the Warhounds, set off towards Hullock Forest, on the border between Cormir and Cormanthor, in pursuit of answers. On the way, the Warhounds met another adventuring guild called Wardogs Inc, with whom they seemed to share certain similarities. During the investigations within Hullock Forest, the Warhounds discovered a secret underground laboratory filled with pale-skinned creatures, results of experimentations on doppelgangers by a crazed Theurgar scientist named Brillella to make shape-shifting humanoids. Chiron revealed that their true name was Slate, and was in fact an older version of one of these so-called changelings. Brillella's diary noted that three test subjects, known simply as 26, 27 and 28, had been released into the world to work for the Blade of Vengeance. Returning to the Cormirian camp called Raedra's Reach, the Warhounds encountered a host of clockwork soldiers wearing Sembian colours, led by a flamboyant halfling trade mogul called Ataviano de Calco, as well as a party of mercenaries from Cormier's largest adventuring guild 
the Society of Stalwart Adventurers, led by a woman called Helenus Fish. Alongside the war dogs, they helped to defend against an attack from wood elven fanatics intent on the eradication of non-elves, and at the conclusion of the battle, the Warhounds finally met the Blade of Vengeance in person. Garabrael, a Sun Elf sword mage wearing the unique garb of the Coronal Guard of Mithdranor, believed to have died in the last-ditch assault against the seat of the Elven Empire from the Netherese floating capital of Thorthanthur, a year after Cormir's withdrawal from the war. Having routed the Wood Elf Zealots, the Warhounds left for Arabelle to investigate some troubling rumours about Hiram's family, House Silversword. On the way back, Badger witnessed a light fall from the night sky, and upon closer inspection, was enveloped by a blinding light, leaving her with a strange silvery tattoo on her right forearm, and the spirit of a gift Zerai monk named Azarad bound to her soul. Back in Arabelle, the Warhounds discovered two horrifying truths. First, that Hullock Forest and the ancient elven tombs that lay beneath had been put to the torch, seemingly by Cormirian forces, although eyewitness reports reported the blaze to have been started by Garabrail. And second, that the Silver Swords had been accused of masterminding the assassination attempt on Queen Raedra by Hiram's childhood friend turned rival, Frederick Emerask. The young noble had been killed in the attack on Raedra, but the party were surprised to find an anonymous individual had left the required materials on his corpse for a resurrection. Thanks to his brief taste of death, Frederick's hunger for vengeance was voracious, and he did everything he could to prove what he perceived to be the true guilt of House Silversword, whilst buying himself protection in the form of DeCalco's Clockwork Court. Investigations unraveled a plot to incriminate and then kidnap the Silver Swords from their prison cells, orchestrated by an organised thieves' guild called the Fire Knives, in tandem with Garabrail's revenants. With the plan uncovered, the Warhounds rushed to save Hiram's family, but were too late. The Silver Swords were spirited away by Garabrail and a changeling impersonating Hiram. With the aid of some curious gnomes, the Warhounds managed to locate the Silver Swords in the Kingswood to the east and pursued via portal. Discovering the noble family had been handed to bloodthirsty cultists for ritual sacrifice, the Warhounds sprung into action and saved the family from a gruesome high hunt. Seeking to clear their names with Queen Raedra herself, the Silver Swords and Warhounds made for Cormir's capital, Suzale. Within the walls of Suzale, the Warhounds met a number of allies, including Robert Davasco, Magnus's war wizard tutor, Aaron Fox of the 1st Regiment Hippogriff Riders, and Lord Ezared Oberskir, Raedra's older cousin. With their aid, they managed to track down the hideout of the Fire Knives and flush them out, finding evidence that would hopefully exonerate the Silver Swords in the process. Unfortunately, Frederick Emerask had followed the Warhounds to Suzale and continued to pester the adventurers, now with the aid of his father, Lord Godfrey Emerask. During this time, 
catches past caught up with her in the form of Ursula Boatwright, an unscrupulous director of a Suzanne dance troupe with coercive recruitment and retention methods who had acted as Catcher's malicious guardian after the death of Catcher's mother. As Ursula and her boys closed in on Catcher in an attempt to bring her back into the fold, Catcher retaliated by burning down the Dragon Riders Club, the largest venue in the city used by Ursula. Civil unrest against Raedra grew within the city, exacerbated by the arrival of a delegation from the capital of Cormanthir, Semberholm. To the surprise of all, the delegation was led by Coronal Ilsevel Miratar, the elven ruler of Cormanthor. To the horror of some, she was protected by none other than Garabrael, as well as members of Badger's monastic order, the Elemental Arbor. When Badger managed to speak to her mentor, Shana, she discovered that Garabrael had not died when Thor fell from the skies and crushed Mithdranor but had remained loyal in his duty to the Coronal since that dark day, throwing Ilsevel's intentions for a peace summit with Raedra into question. In a surprising turn of events the night before the peace summit, the Warhounds were summoned to Emerask Mansion to speak with Lord Godfrey in person. In a drunken tirade, Godfrey confessed to being a pawn for Garabrael, using the fire knives to prepare for an attack on Victory Day, which killed his own son, and incriminate the Silverswords in the process. Thanks to the Warhound's success in systematically dismantling Garabrael's plans, Godfrey was keen to turn on the Coronal Guard in exchange for his own safety. Overhearing his father's confession, Frederick demanded answers, but he would not receive them. Garabrael teleported in behind Godfrey and murdered the Patriarch in his own study before fleeing into the night. In the trial of the Silverswords the following morning, Queen Raedra heard the accounts of the Silverswords and the Warhounds, all of whom protested the innocence of the noble house and explained the lengthy deception. Unexpectedly, Frederick Emerask took the sand under oath and confessed and condemned his father's crimes, as well as identifying Garabrael as the mastermind behind the elaborate schemes. Shaken by the revelation, Raedra judged the Silver Swords innocent and prepared to meet Ilsevel and Garabrael at the Peace Accords later that day. On the way to the Accords, the Warhounds intercepted the three changelings 26, 27, and 28. Discovering they were due to impersonate three nobles in order to sway the nobles' vote for a war with Semberholm, Slate managed to convince them to reclaim their own identities and forge their own destinies rather than serve under Garabrael. During the peace accords, Raedra was incensed by Ilsevel's accusations that Cormerian forces had desecrated the tombs beneath Hullock, and in turn, accused the Coronal of plotting her murder and destabilization of Cormir. As tensions between the two rulers threatened to boil over into war between the nations, and Garabrael began to savour his impending victory, the arguing monarchs were interrupted by a second Garabrael, who accused the first of being an imposter. In the confusion, 
Raedra had her war wizards entrap the delegation with powerful magics, prompting outrage from Ilseveld. Curiously, the magics that bound the elves were suddenly dispelled, allowing Garabrael a desperate, final assassination attempt on Raedra in hopes of sparking a bloody war. The attack was stopped by the most unexpected of allies. Before long, the throne room of Cormir was filled with revenants intent on causing havoc and mayhem. Jumping to protect their queen, the Warhounds defeated the Revenants, just in time to see the two Garabrails tackle each other through a portal into a realm of fire and disappear. Despite the shocking revelations, an enraged Ilsevel demanded justice for Raedra's actions, threatening retaliation as long as she sat on Cormir's throne. Sensing an opportunity, Ezared suggested to the Coronal that relations between the two nations might be saved if his younger cousin should abdicate the throne to him. The Warhounds proved to be the decisive votes, with all but Magnus choosing to side with Ezared, forcing Raedra to renounce her crown in the face of an impending war she had no part in creating. As Raedra stormed out of the throne room without her crown or blade of office, the Warhounds were shocked to see Magnus leave his fellow guild members to join her. The remaining and weary adventurers returned to Warhounds Limited to recover from recent events, fully glad to be among friendly company once again. But the Blade of Vengeance was not done with them yet. As they recounted their tales to eager ears, the skies turned fiery red as chunks of flaming rock hurtled from a rift in the sky to utterly demolish the Warhounds' guild hall. Picking themselves up, the Warhounds found themselves face to face with a burnt and deranged Garabrael who promised nothing but their utter annihilation. Stealing themselves for a final encounter, the Warhounds attacked. The battle was vicious but the combined strength of the Warhounds managed to overpower the crazed elven sword mage. In a last, spiteful act, Garabrael struck down Hiram's squire, Emily, before succumbing to his wounds. As the distraught adventurers mourned the death of the young girl, they watched in horror as Garabrael's head split open revealing a brain-like creature on four muscular legs which attempted to escape. It ultimately failed, burning to a crisp in the flaming wreckage of Warhounds Limited. What happens next is yet to be seen. There are rumours that the king has been seen publicly with a new mistress, and the nobles gossip about who this new paramour is. Cormir is a kingdom now divided, split between those loyal to King Ezered and those still loyal to Raedra, with a fragile and tenuous peace with the elves of Semberholm to the east. To make matters worse, unseen foes seem to be lurking from below and above. Thank you for watching this story so far video. This campaign's been an absolute joy to run over the past year or so, and I'm really excited for you to join us as we continue on. 
Warhounds Limited have a vacancy they're recruiting for, and all are welcome to apply. We upload new Cormier Echoes of War sessions every Sunday, and I'd love to hear what you're excited for in this campaign, so please comment down below, and don't forget to like and subscribe to the Explorers of Elsewhere channel. Until we next meet, may the realm endure.